The opinions of this podcast are my own and not necessarily the opinions of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Ambassador Real Estate, any realtor associations, persons, or entities. If your property is currently listed with a real estate broker, please note that it is not our intention to solicit the offerings of other real estate brokers. Alex, welcome to the 28th episode of Hunting Home. Thank you. Welcome into the studio. Today's guest is Alex Corey with Corey Management. I've actually known Alex uh, quite a long time since high school, um, yep. but we kind of reconnected re- recently, and and he was telling me more about his business, and I thought, man, he'd be a great guest to have in the studio today and talk about what he does. So, Alex, tell us about, well, number one, tell us about your business, what you guys do, and then kind of tell us how you got to be in the position that you're in now. Sure. Yeah. So we actually have two companies. We have Corey Management and KMC Properties. So Corey Management manages, it's a management company. So manages the properties we own. It also manages properties of our clients. So it offers full service property management. And then KMC Properties is a holding company for the properties that we actually own. Okay. As a family, my and, family and I. And, and as far as you're located here in Council Bluffs. Yep, just down the street. Really, literally just a yep. two blocks away. Where are your properties located? They We have properties in Council Bluffs, Omaha, Des Moines, and we have one in uh, California. Okay. So in a way, this is your background. You grew up around it, but it was not the career path that you initially chose. So how did you end up here? And, and what is your position at Quarry Management? What What is your day-to-day? Yeah, so my the title I would give myself is designated broker. So I hold the license for the for the management company, and then in the in KMC Properties, the holding company, I am a managing member. Okay, of the LLC. So yeah, it's been a winding path. So I my my parents started the portfolio. My dad did actually while he's working for the power company, Mid American Energy, it used to be called Iowa Power back in the day, and he was. Um, he started digging ditches for like gas lines and things like that and kind of slowly worked his way up to being in the control room of uh, one of their power plants. I think the one next to Manawa. Okay. And from there, he had a lot of guys in the control room that were owned a couple houses or 10 houses or were investing in, you know, Berkshire back then or mm-hmm. just things like that. And so he, uh, he started getting into, you know, buying some houses here and there. And then that got into bigger properties and He's always really a hands-on guy, always, you know, minimizing the expenses and big saving, short amortization schedules, paying off debt, and then eventually ended up with a lot of properties mm-hmm. here in town. And so growing up, you know, it, it was always around us. Um, we were always shoveling snow, mowing lawns, painting apartments, yeah. doing all sorts of things. We hated it back then. And my yeah. mom was always like, you guys got to you guys got to get out of here and do something else. You know, you're, you know, you're too smart for this, all that you know, (laughs) stuff. Yeah. And so, um, growing up, I was really into, uh, I was really into astronomy and just things like that, um, physics and stuff. So I actually, I went to, uh, I graduated from St. Albert here in town, went to college, studied, uh, first year in physics. And then, uh, you know, my dad was like, so what, what kind of job are you going to get? with a physics degree. The ultimate was, dad, the ultimate dad question. Yeah. What are you going to do with that? I was like, I don't know, maybe something in computers or, you know, maybe I'll be a, I, I, and after a year I was like, I'm not going to get a doctorate. I'm not going to be able to do this for eight years. So yeah. I quickly realized I better go into engineering. All my classes moved over pretty easily. And so I switched over into mechanical engineering, 
And I really liked that, finished a degree in that, and then uh, got a job up in the Twin Cities in uh, St. Paul, working for a company called Ecolab. And I really liked that. I really enjoyed that. I was working in R&D. So I was like plastics design and stuff like that for kind of small chemical handling Mm -hmm. devices and dilution and stuff like that. Really enjoyed that. But, uh, you know, within six months of working there, I was kind of looking for a house to buy, looking for a duplex to buy, something like that. I kind of had an itch to to, to try it out. Yeah. And you knew that it would be beneficial for you. Yep. Do that. yep. 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 I had, you know, my dad and I talked about it growing up and, you know, how all this stuff worked and mm-hmm. and the benefits to doing that versus renting and all that. So, you know, within six months, I bought a duplex, saved up and bought a duplex and lived in half of it and rented it out. And that was a, you know, an experience. Yeah. Um, the every time it rained, if the gutters weren't cleaned, I, I slept in the basement and the, it would like flood. And uh, until I figured out what was wrong, <laughs> so I'd wake up and step into some into a puddle of water some nights. And at the same time, I got engaged to my my wife Rachel today. And I remember the first time she came and saw it, she's like, you know, "What the hell? Are this you? isn't going to work out for us?" Yeah, like. <laughs> You know, you made a pretty big decision here without, yeah, <laughs> without really consulting me too much. And you know, what did you buy? <laughs> yeah, but no, it all, she ended up loving the place after a while. But so I bought that duplex, lived in half of it. I bought a five unit up there, and we bought a house that we flipped and kind of got my feet wet in that. At the same time, I got my real estate license up there, just on the side, kind of thought it'd be good to have, especially yeah. you know thought I was going to sell all my stuff myself. So I even, uh, I had a stint for, I'm trying to think in the beginning of 2020 where I was, I had a goal to try to just sell something like an investment property, just to see how it worked. Kind of like your business Blake, yep. and did all the prospecting and all that. And man, that is to this day, I don't, I can't, I don't, I can't yeah. say I fully understand how sales we, works. Alex and I had breakfast last week and and I thought that was interesting. I mean, I, I thought it was interesting that you, not not necessarily that you decided to get your license, but that you thought, I'm going to give this a go and just like check it out for a while. Um, especially somebody that you obviously had a good career, had a good gig going for you. And then, you know, you talked about like cold calling people and stuff and you're like, yeah, I'm good. I don't need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was tough. I mean, yeah. I did it for I had 30 days. I paid for this thing to get expired listings, and I had a thing. I had a headset, and it would call like three at a time, and like whichever one picked up, it would you know. And I had yeah. a little script, and that's a it grind. was it was tough. It, it was really hard to like see that there was like a, even a light at the end of that tunnel. Yeah, you know, and I, I admire people who yeah go that's, through that and succeed. That's not really my business model because that's just not who I am. But that is how some people do it. And I, to me, you know, I'm, I'm much more relationship based, try to work on the people that I already know that I have relationships with and work off the people that they know instead of just the everyday out there prospecting, you got to prospect, but the whole, the cold calling, the door knocking, you know, I hope that I can, that my business model works without having to do a lot of that yeah. type of stuff. Yeah. And I hear the more, the longer you do it, you know, the longer you're in the business, the more people, you yep. know, I'm even starting to feel that with our client business, you know, the, just the longer we've been offering these services, the more people yep. know about it, the more people talk to each other, the more calls we get, yep. you know, to where at some point, I don't think we're going to need to, to do that. Too yeah. Much. But yeah. So to, to close that whole <laughs> tangent <laughs> out, um, so I was doing that and then 
So I, got, I just have to take a step back. In 2019, my dad got really sick and passed away towards the end of the year in August. And when that happened, I was involved in this real estate stuff. And I was kind of thinking, you know, trying to consider what I was going to do next. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that kind of kicked me in the butt and made, made me make the decision to come back to town and help out with what was going on here and kind of take over yeah. the management of the affairs here. At that time, they did not offer management services to anyone else. So they had Corey Management and KMC Properties. Corey Management was basically just a shell company to manage the holded, the holding company or okay. the, the properties they held. It didn't offer services. They didn't have, you know, really great software or, you know, mm-hmm. systems to do that yet. So that's kind of what I worked to build out after I got back. Okay. So kind of more of an old school business model. Did your dad have that as a vision? moving forward? Or is that something that you felt like you did once you moved back? That was something I did. He definitely didn't want anything to do with that. He wasn't, he was kind of a, you know, I want to have my own little island here and not have to have customers or, you know, to some extent or the, you know, minimize that aspect Mm -hmm. of his business. And he really didn't need to. And I've, our personalities are different, I think in that way. I, I really enjoy the client side of the business and having mm-hmm. a product to offer. And I think it's been fun. Yeah. But yeah. Getting back to, I mean, when, when I moved back, the first focus was really like taking some of the assets we had that were underperforming and figuring out how to market those and sell those or, or, or improve them or do whatever needed to be done to like resolve the issues with the underperforming assets that usually resulted in selling them. But, you know, some of them like were an office building that was, not very occupied, you know what I mean? So then how do you market that? In the middle of COVID, one office is like, you know, who wants office and all that? Yeah. And we ended up finding, you know, some, our broker, David Carrig, who worked on it, found some, you know, unique buyers for those yeah. properties, like developers who were looking to completely like change the use of mm-hmm. the property. So we were able to sell those. And then uh, all the while, while we were kind of, you know, transitioning assets and things, I was working on building out the systems, like, getting a software in place, um, you know, all new accounting systems, things like that, kind of in preparation for um, managing other people's properties. I see. So where do you see the company going? What's your long-term goal for the company as far as just diversifying to more property management or, you know, what's what's in your head? I definitely would like to expand, you know, our holdings as well. I guess, you mm-hmm. know, it's getting harder and harder to do these days. You know, hopefully things are letting up here soon everybody you know says that and yeah but as far as the management company goes i think you know we're i don't want to get so massive that we can't handle you know our affairs so i think i think it kind of depends on how the systems work yeah when they're stress tested as we get bigger and bigger we you know we manage about 600 units right now you know about 500 of those are ours 100 are other clients Mm mm-hmm I think very quickly in the next year, we could easily have 500 or more client units under management. And so, and I think we have the capacity comfortably to take those on, you know, up to 500 to 1,000 more. Mm -hmm. But when we start getting into, you know, 2,000 client, you know, properties, it's, you know, it'll be interesting to see how our systems work when they get stress tested like that, if we can still provide the same services we are. I mean, a lot of the properties we're looking to take on, you know, Typically, someone doesn't go from self-managing a property like that to hiring a management company. Most of the time, they have a different management company. And if they have a different management company, they might not be happy with certain things that Mm -hmm. are, you know, how things are being handled. And I think most of that comes down to too many layers of, you know, maybe management or, you know, 
yeah, too many layers of management to where the, you know, people aren't being held accountable maybe yeah. for the results of the property. And, and you, so. you lose, you, you, you start becoming that way a lot of times because you almost need to when you're getting to that size. And, you know, from what you're saying, it sounds like you like keeping it, like you, when we had breakfast and you talked about, you know, one of my questions to you was maintenance. And, you yeah. know, you express that, you know, but you guys do a lot of your own maintenance. And, you know, you start talking about that many units, you might be stretched to where you're either going to have to hire a third party to do a lot of it, or you have to hire people for your own staff. And as most people know, it's hard enough to find somebody to do the work, to let alone to keep somebody, you know, basically on call all the time when you're managing that size of a portfolio. Yep. Finding somebody that has the talents, you know, that are needed for the job that is also, you know, they have the right personality to where they, they want a job job where they can be done at the end of the day, or at least not be on call all the time versus, you know, a lot of people that are talented these days are starting their own contracting business or, you know, doing something else like that. So Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's a big challenge and the guys we have on staff right now are just amazing. Yeah. Like amazing maintenance guys. Like, you know, I just think about the fact that, you know, my parent, my dad left behind a lot of assets, you know, like properties, but like he left behind some huge human assets, these guys that we have on staff that can do, you know, you send them somewhere and they can, they can figure it out. Like almost no matter what it is. It's hard to put a, uh, a monetary number on, something on someone like that because you could it's you can't do it without them and that's cool that you have that and it's cool that you said that because i think a lot of people might not realize that you know especially in a management position that they do have valuable employees so would you say that that is your biggest challenge i think so right now that's and you know we're moving from so the the Owning properties is a capital intensive business. You know, in order to grow, you need more and more capital. The client side of the business is a labor intensive business. Your raw materials are your your people. And so that, you know, we're we're gonna have to get better at doing that. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to get a better like batting average on on hiring the right people. And you know, I don't I don't know the answer to some of the questions yeah. that I have about how to improve that yeah. batting average. It seems to me like some of our best employees are are hired on you know, or were hired even before my time based on their attitude and, and the skills came as time went on yeah. and they were nurtured, you know, kind of and grown organically in the company. It mm-hmm. takes a lot of time and investment yeah. um, to grow that. So, you know, I don't, I don't know what the right answer is on that, but that's definitely the, the thing that keeps me up at night as far as, you know, growing <laughs> this and yeah. are we going to have the right people, you know, after a certain, like today we're small enough to where I have personal interactions with all of our employees all the time, mm-hmm. you know, all, all of the time. And as you get bigger, you know, you can't do that. So how do you, how do you work that into your schedule on a periodic basis? That's like consistent mm-hmm. um, where you're having touches with all your employees everyone's unified, you know, to, yeah. on the same goal. Everyone has the same expectations for what, what it means to do the job right, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Yeah. And I think, I think we have some processes in place. We'll see how they, how they work. You know, we've, we've, uh, we have adopted traction. I don't know if you've heard of traction Mm-mm. before. Yeah. It's a book. It's a book that kind of lays out a bunch of different processes, but like one of the things that we, one of my favorite parts of it is, uh, it's called the scorecard basically. So everybody has like, 
a, a number of performance indicators, basically not necessarily personal performance, but maybe like the performance of whatever they're like managing. So like the performance okay. of the properties, let's say, mm -hmm. and there's a weekly meeting where you go over those and there's a target number. And then there's the number that is the actual every single week. And, you know, if, if things are under the target, then, you know, it creates action items. It creates yeah. tasks to course correct and improve. And when you're smaller, you don't necessarily need that because, you know, you're probably walking by all of your... You can see it. You're yeah. walking around your affairs all the time and they're all mm -hmm. around you and you can just see that's that's wrong right there. But when you mm -hmm. don't, you know, you start getting into multiple markets, multiple properties, you know, multiple people or layers of people under you. Yeah. That Those are your those are your glasses to see into yeah. what's happening in the business. That's really the only way. Well, I'd say that you, step one is being aware of that, number one. And I think if you're aware, then it will help you succeed, at least, or try to do those things. And if you, if a lot of people are like completely unaware of, of that and that model that you're trying to do. So I think you're, I'm very impressed with that, with what you just said. Yeah, the first step is being aware. And I think, you know, that's one of the best things my dad ever taught me. It was just, mm -hmm. he was always very humble and just always like, I would ask him some crazy complicated question about what's going to happen with this or that in the market yeah. or whatever. And he's just, you just don't know. Yeah. Control what you can. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but be aware of, of what you don't know because, yeah. you know, it's still reality. It's mm -hmm. not like it doesn't exist. <laughs> you yeah. Know? You got to, you got to be prepared to handle yeah. what you don't know. So outside of all the things that you've said, you know, as far as managing and the things that keep you up at night. What's your day to day look like? I mean, what you know, you show up in the morning. Are you, you know, I know you got property. You just talked about driving to Des Moines for a prospect. What's your daily? It's getting jumbled up more and more recently, but typically, I get up, come into the main office here down the street, and get there about eight or a little before, mm -hmm. 10, depending on the day. And part of that traction, part of that traction process is we have you know, quarterly rocks that are goals, basically, that achieve typically an annual goal or work towards an annual goal that work towards a three-year goal or a 10-year goal. So it kind of comes down from 10 years, basically. Yeah. So those, so I, I'm typically, I mean, it'd be different every day, but I'm working on one of those or I'm trying to, at least I'm trying to work on one of those quarterly initiatives, basically. Yeah. It's usually improving some facet of our business, like how we you know, how we go about doing something could be as simple as like property taxes got raised this quarter, create, you know, protest the taxes and, you know, mitigate X amount of dollars of tax increases. You know, that's my goal for the year yep. to maintain. And that might feed into the budget goal for the year. Yeah. That's a little more mundane, but you know, one of those things is just meeting and networking. So like one of the goals is like between my brother and I, we want to meet 40 high profile business professionals a year you know, new ones. Yeah. And then, and then establish relationships and continue connecting. So break that down into quarters. That's, you know, between the two of us, that's about like three, a quarter or so. So just very doable, you know? Yep. Just yep. Very, yeah. You just keep breaking things into bite-sized pieces basically. Yeah. So when I get in, I'm trying to work on that. And then, you know, there'll be other things that come at me basically yeah. like just fires or whatever. Mm -hmm. and so I'll deal with that. I'll usually, uh, so Kristen in our office manages kind of the, 
occupied maintenance, I'll call it, like people in apartments that need maintenance and stuff like that. At this point, I handle the unit turns because there's more financial decisions involved in that. Like, you know, do we invest in new carpet, new cabinets, just things like that. So I'll usually talk to all my guys that are actively working on turns yeah. and stuff, check in with them, look at that whole board because those are very time sensitive things, mm-hmm. update work orders. You know, sometimes I'll do inspections on vacant units, but really in general, what I'm trying to do when I come in is is focus on those those bigger goals first. Just manage. Yeah, yeah, manage, but also yeah. try to be working, you know, you always, people say like work on the business as much as you can rather than in the business. Yes. And you know this, you know, the reason why they're, I don't know why they're called rocks, but you've, you might've heard the analogy of like, if you have a jar, you know, and you're trying to fit, you have, you know, sand, pebbles yep. and rocks in, and you need to put them all in the jar. Mm-hmm. You put all the sand in first, you're not gonna be able to get anything yep. else in. The sand is all the craziness during yep. the day, you know? So I'm really trying to get the rocks in the jar. Yep right away in the morning, sometimes things come up. Sometimes things come up and you, you got to address them. Yeah. You got to handle them. That's so. business. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So <laughs> kind of a short answer to your day to day, I guess, but it's, <laughs> it's a little, it's a little hectic. You got to wear a lot of hats. Yeah. 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 So you seem to like it. I mean, you seem to be, Oh yeah. I mean, you obviously are thinking about it all the time. You, you obviously care about it a lot, especially with the family aspect. Um, so obviously is the right move for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think I could do anything else yeah. after this, to be honest. It's yeah. every single day is, you know, pretty exhilarating. There's definitely bad days and there's like yeah. stressful days and there's, you know, you worry about things, but I really can't see how I could do anything yeah. else after this. Yeah. You know, I really liked engineering and stuff like that. I still get some problems that come off across my desk that, you know, make me think in that mm-hmm. you know, area. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come into the studio today and uh, I can definitely see us doing some more things in the future. So yeah. I appreciate your time. And yeah, I'm glad we got reacquainted. Yeah, like, for sure. Fun. For sure. Well, if you have a property management question or if you maybe have some properties that you want to discuss, I think Alex is um, definitely available to help you at least send you in the right direction if not. Yep, absolutely. Um, so what's your guys' address here in Council Bluffs? 215 South 4th Street. Okay. And then you can call us at 712-322-5535. Hit one for the main office and uh, we'll get you taken care of. Awesome. Thank you, Alex. Yeah, thanks, Blake. Thanks, Blake.